This is A 20-Sided Life, a podcast about my thoughts and ideas on game design and tabletop RPGs. I'm the mysterious brother, Tyler Mazza. Let's get rolling. Welcome to another Mechanic Monday. Um, before we get into today's topic, um, I got a couple call-ins from Rob C. from Down in a Heap. Uh, let's take a listen to what he has to say. Hey, mysterious Tyler. It's Rob from Down in a Heap been catching up on your podcast lately and enjoying it. I really like the idea of going through a design process for a new game. Uh, it's something I did a little bit on my podcast, too. If you want to check that out, it might, I don't know, provoke some ideas. Uh, as far as the thieving archetypes, I don't know if I'd differentiate them completely by combat, and I'm assuming you're not doing that, but that's what you kind of were outlining, but I'd have the thieves be just better thieves. They'd have a higher percentage to accomplish some of those things, and the scout maybe has some abilities that would normally be attributed to something like a ranger class, tracking and camouflage and whatnot, and I'm going to Jackson. Look out, Jackson Town. Yeah, so the scout would have more rangery kind of stuff, tracking, camouflage, as you outlined, maybe a better chance of the bow, and maybe a chance to uh, avoid being surprised, a reduced chance to be surprised, at least in like an outdoor kind of setting. And assassins is the, are the tricky thing, because like a killing blow like some systems use is maybe a little too OP. I, like, I do like the poison ideas. Uh, but in general, I like the way you're going as far as using class abilities and a profession to explain any kind of skill set you have rather than discrete skill system. I think that gets a little clunky and it's easier to just say, hey, I'm a farmer, I know how to do X, Y, and Z. So keep it up. Hey Tyler, it's Rob again. I thought of something as I was commuting into work here. I had forgotten about the assassin. The other two aspects I think would be cool to add to them is the ability to disguise or infiltrate into different organizations and the ability to tail someone in some kind of urban environment without being noticed. So yeah, I don't feel like you have to include these things in your podcast. I don't want to take over the podcast with a bunch of messages but if you do cool if you don't that's cool too see ya thanks man for the call-ins um i'm i think it's really cool that you liked my mechanics enough or thought about them enough to give me a call in about them um and then that you were thinking about them even later and had some more thoughts on it that's really awesome um so as far as their um I guess, class abilities, I wanted it to, um, I kind of, you know, came, went through some different ideas and stuff. Um, like for the thief, I had it where they would, they were better at getting into sneak attack, sneak attack, like position. And, um, along my journey making this game, I kind of realized like when I went and looked at skills and stuff, like how I was going to do the skill system, it kind of converted into that, I guess. So I don't have skills, um, but like 
um, the way it worked, you would get a bonus on something that is related to your class um, equal to your level. So that kind of took over that, you know, if they're trying to sneak to get into sneak attack, sneak attack position, a thief's going to be good at that. So they're going to get to add their level anyways. So I kind of went with what I, you know, what I explained kind of for that reason, um, with the ranger and stuff, it kind of is the same thing. So, um, you know, sneaking or tracking or anything like that, that, that would be considered something a ranger would be, or a scout would be good at. And, um, they would add their level as a bonus to, um, to achieve those things. Um, whereas like maybe, a uh, an assassin or a, um, thief really wouldn't be able to, at least not in like a wilderness situation. Um, so that kind of made them stand out in that way. And, um, I'm glad you like the ideas on poison. That was kind of, uh, fun to, to develop too. Um, yeah, so, um, that's kind of how, why I landed on what I landed on because you would just, it, it, uh, you, you got your bonus from your, like, I don't, I don't know what to call it, not skills, um, but, but your skills <laughs> from your, from your class, um, kind of covered all that. So, uh, as far as occupations go, I like, I'm glad you like that idea. Um, I haven't really fleshed it out yet. And the more I think about it, the more I think I'm going to use occupations or career job or background or something like that, um, to even further define your skill set and stuff. Um, and maybe give you more gear, uh, starting gear based on that. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for the call in. If anyone else has any questions or, uh, contributions or anything like that, um, give me a shout. Um, I love this kind of stuff, man. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to get into today's topic now. So today we're going to be talking about magic. Um, so how it works, um, how you cast spells, um, you're rolling against uh, a DC of 10 plus the spell's level. So if you're casting a third level spell, the DC would be 13. Um, you just roll a 20-sided dice and add your class's attribute to that roll, and that's that roll's made against that DC, that's it. Um, if you make or beat that DC, you succeed. If you roll below it, you fail. Um, so spells per day, um, you can cast a number of spells per day equal to your level plus your, uh, classes attribute modifier. Um, anytime I say attribute, I mean attribute modifier. I think earlier I was saying attribute. Um, I just want to clarify that. Um, so if you're a third level mage and you have a plus two on your intelligence, you can cast, uh, five spells per day and that is spell levels so you can cast one fifth level spell or five first level spells in that situation um your spells uh replenish um your spells per day replenish you know when you rest long rest or whatever um i kind of wanted to explain that um spells scale in this game so every spell can be cast at 
zero level or uh, any level higher than that. So they can it can go up to, I mean, there's I guess there's not really a cap on that. Um, so like magic missile, for example, at zero level, it shoots one missile out that deals one damage. Um, and each level higher you cast it, it shoots an additional missile, and those each deal one damage. Um, you can choose targets with that. Um, you can also um, decide to cast that spell a little differently. You can um, increase the level to increase the damage of that missile. Um, it So you could cast, you know, at third level you can cast one missile that deals three damage. Um, it's kind of the same thing as casting three missiles that deal one damage, but... Um, that's kind of how all the spells work. Um, like Mage Armor, for example, um, at zero level, it is plus one armor um, and lasts for one round. Uh, you can choose to, uh, when you increase the level of it, so if you cast it, say, third level, um, you can increase the number of rounds it lasts or the armor that it provides. Um, so it's a little bit of a give and take there. Um so say you're casting at third level, you want to increase that armor bonus, but it, it's only going to last one round. Um, so it'd be uh, plus two armor for one round. Or you can do plus one armor for three rounds. Um, yeah. Uh, other spells, kind of like Earthquake or something, um, at zero level, it's kind of mundane. It doesn't do much. The ground shakes. Um, and I'm sure there's creative ways to use that, maybe to intimidate somebody or to uh wake somebody up or something like that um at uh say first if you cast that zero level spell at first level it's going to create a crack in the earth um might not do might not do anything or maybe that crack's gonna open up a doorway or something like that um but at higher levels uh it's going to get more and more severe. Um, it'll start dealing damage or uh, create a massive tremor that, you know, uh, destroys an entire room or uh, something like that. So magic can get pretty powerful. Um, there is a cap to the level of spell you can cast. Um, it's equal to your level. So if you're a uh, um, fourth level mage you can cast spells up to fourth level. Um, say you have uh, six spells per day, but you can you can only cast spells up to fourth level. Um, but you can also empower spells. So if you're trying to cast, say you're that fourth level mage and you're trying to cast a sixth level spell, uh, you can do that, but you're going to take damage equal to the difference. So... Fourth level mage casting a sixth level spell is gonna take two damage. It it exerts, you know, you're exerting that much energy to to cast that spell and it it uh it takes a toll on you. So I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Um your spells known um are based on your class or your subclass. Um so um mages they start with one spell plus their intelligence modifier. Um, 
of no, that number of spells known in their uh, spell book, and they can um, learn new spells either by studying like at an academy or a library or something, or if they encounter uh, evil wizards um, spell book, they can um, spend time to uh, learn spells out of out of that or a scroll. They can do the same thing with that. Um, or they can pay somebody to teach them a spell. Um, and they're the only class that is able to do that. That's kind of their special thing. Um, they, they can have like a, like more variety of spells, um, at their disposal. Um, priests have access to any spell related to their God. So I was going to have a list of a couple different deities that the that a priest can choose to worship and they gain access to those spells um that that god would uh provide them. Um shamans get access to um spells in their environment, so it's a lot like the deity thing or the priests thing um their spells kind of change based on the um, environment they're in. So if they're in a jungle, they're going to have uh, spells related to, you know, nature, like the the vines and the animals that live there and stuff. Or if they're on the ocean, they're going to gain water spells or um, maybe spells related to the creatures that live beneath the sea or um, be able to control the wind and... Uh, if they're in the mountains, they're going to gain access to like rock spells or um, maybe like lava or something if that's related, you know, in the area they're in or uh, frost if they're at the top of the mountain or something like that. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I was kind of struggling with how I was going to do the shamans and then I kind of came up with that idea and the way that it just changes based on where they're at was a, was really cool to me. So I decided to go with that. Um, so I'm going to have a list of environment types that they're in and uh, spells associated with that. It'll be a lot like the the priest, except for it changes. So, um, so I really like this way I'm doing magic. Um, I like that it's a little more abstract. Um, you have these lists of spells with just little spell descriptions uh, with them and you and you know the the players and the game master have to be a little more creative with it um, you know with the scaling and stuff and um, yeah it just leads to more creativity and I think that's really cool um, it makes the spells more versatile and uh, just creative um, you know, you have like a like a light spell. If you're a priest worshiping a god of light and you have this light spell, you can cast it at zero level and it's just going to create this light that, you know, helps y'all get through the dungeon. But you come across some enemies, you can decide to cast that light spell at a higher level and blind the enemies or an even higher level and that ray of light begins to burn the flesh off of them, um, dealing damage. And I just, I love this idea, you know. Um, if you're a shaman and it begins to rain, you can, um, 
you know, use that, that water that's coming down to cast water spells now, uh, and, um, or to, um, control the weather and get rid of the rain if y'all are trying to rest and it's making it hard. Um, and I just, I really like that idea of more versatile spells and, um, I haven't heard of any games that really do that in that way. Um, if y'all have, I would love to hear about them. Um, I, I love, I love looking at new games and stuff. So, um, yeah, if y'all have any ideas on those or any, any comments about different games that might use that, um, that'd be cool to hear about. Um, I think I'm going to get into magic items and crafting magic items now. Yeah. So magic items, um, we all know what those are, uh, flaming long swords or, um, potions of healing or scrolls that allow you to cast the spell that's written on them. Um, what I wanted to get into more was the crafting side of, of that. Um, like, um, if you were going to make a potion or a scroll, um, the difficulty class for that is, um, 10 plus the spell level plus the number of charges. Um, and the way you would roll that, it would be treated like a, like any other skill. Um, and I say skill with, air quotes because there aren't really skills in the game. Um, I know I keep saying that, but, uh, I need, I need to start calling it something else, I guess, or just, uh, accept that maybe they are called skills. (laughs) Um, so you would roll, um, your 20 sided dice, add your, the appropriate attribute modifier and, you would add your level if it's something you're good at. So, um, all the magic using classes, all the magic users, uh, would be considered good at crafting magic items. Um, so they would all be able to add their level. Um, and I would probably say that other classes wouldn't even be able to because it would require the spell itself to, um, to craft these items. So, um, so you've got charges on items. So like a wand would have five charges or something. Um, and you would, that would calculate into the difficulty of crafting that wand. So, um, uh, charges replenish, um, every day, kind of like spells per day do. And, um, weapons so like a flaming long sword if it had five charges would work five for five attacks um and i would i would say five attacks that hit um you could you could do um just any attack so even if they've missed it would still use the charge or something but um i think i think i would probably use um attacks that hit cuz that's when the the effect would actually go off um and after those five uses, it would just become a mundane magical item. So it would just apply the bonus, um, like of the spell level to the attack. So, um, and probably to the damage too. I'm not sure. Um, I think, I think it would just be to the attack. Um, so on that note, you can actually make, um, magical items that don't, 
um, have a spell connected to them. Um, so if you're making like a plus one longsword, um, it would be, uh, the difficulty to craft that would be 10 plus one and, uh, plus the number of charges you want, or when I even have charges because, um, it's just the, like a baseline magic item. Um, it's not really casting a spell when it, when it's used. So, um, with potions, they're all single use. So I guess the charges on that would just be one. Um, and scrolls are the same way. Um, they, they have the one use, um, and you can make a scroll with more uses or different spells on it or something like that. And that would all kind of factor into the, to the difficulty of, um, crafting that item so so as far as um time goes um when crafting items uh i was thinking something like a week per spell level um or something like that um so it's gonna take some time um to to craft these items um maybe brewing would be a day per level or some you know so or um Potions and scrolls would be like that, but wands and weapons and armor and stuff are going to take longer. Um, as far as resources go, um, you have, you know, the components that you'll need to make these items. Um, especially for potions, um, you're going to have to either buy all these ingredients or find them yourself or whatever. Um, and I'm not going to make a list of what you're going to need to make these. Um, maybe just a gold cost um, to make it a little simpler, um, you're, you know, the game master can kind of come up with some creative, um, ingredients, uh, maybe send you on a quest to find these ingredients. Maybe they're not available in any shops or anything. And if it's this powerful item you're trying to make, then, uh, you know, it'll kind of send you on your way to, uh, to find those items. Um, but, um, you're also going to need the proper tools, right? So if you're brewing potions, you're going to need like an alchemy kit. Um, for scrolls, you're not going to need a, need a whole lot. Probably just, you know, parchment and pen, maybe magic ink or something like that. But um, for weapons and armor, um, you're going to need a forge or something. Or if you're, uh, if you already have the, the weapon or armor, um, you're you're gonna need it that's more of the time thing so uh just gonna take time to uh you know focus this magic into the into the item so um yeah i think that's all on crafting um i hope i was clear on that um i seem like i kind of confused myself when i was talking about it but um yeah I think I'm about done with this episode. Um, it's a little bit of a shorter one. Um, I'm not sure how long my episodes are going to be. Um, they've been trending about 30 minutes each on the last couple. So um, I don't know if that's too long or too short, but that's what it is. And uh, I think I've rambled on long enough. So time to wrap this one up. Um, you all have a 20-sided life and keep rolling.